Take your Bibles tonight, if you would, Psalm chapter number 75, right in the middle of your Bible should be the book of Psalms, after that is Proverbs. Again, Psalm chapter 75, if you have been with us Wednesday nights, you know that we've been going through a series on principles and living by principles. Sometimes Christians talk about doctrine, and doctrine is what's true and what's not true, Heaven is true, and hell is true, and the Trinity is true, and a judgment to come is true. All those are doctrines. But when we talk about principles, again, you're looking for Psalm 75. Uh, when we talk about principles, we're talking about guidelines, even character, if you would. And so you might have your doctrine straight, but uh, don't have any principles. Uh, my mother used to, or grandmother used to call it scruples. How many recognize that word? Okay. And so you can have your doctrine straight, but not your head on straight. You no scruples, no, no principles that operate and, and run you. And there ought to be some situations that you would immediately say, no, I cannot do that. Or absolutely count me in. Those are principles that should guide us. Uh, we find ourselves here in Psalm chapter 75. And uh, if you look there in verse number 6, Psalm 75, verse 6, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is judge. He putteth down one, and setteth up another. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for each one that's here. I know that some of our folks are home, not well. I know that others are away, out of town, traveling, wherever they might be. I pray that you would protect them and encourage them. But Lord, we thank you for each one that's here. And Father, I pray that you would help us as we look into these and other verses, teach us yet another principle that should guide us in our Christian life, help us to understand it, and Lord, help us to put it into practice. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Look again there at Psalm 75 and verse number 6. The Bible says, for promotion. And so if you're taking notes tonight, we're going to look at the principle of being promoted. Now, to be promoted, you say, preacher, what is promotion? It's, it's, to, it's to rise to something more important. It's to be given a greater responsibility. And uh, we would think of that term promotion in a number of spheres. I suppose when we talk about education, I'm sure when a child first enters school, heard about this child that the mom gave the old pep talk about going to school, and, and sure enough, the child was well prepared that first day of kindergarten, came home, told mom everything that happened, and that mother was so pleased. And that mother said, see, you're, you're all ready now for tomorrow. And the child said, what do you mean tomorrow? <laughs> Didn't have any idea that school was more than one day. So when you start in kindergarten, you, you look to be promoted. When you're in grade one, two, three, four, five, six, well, then you're hoping to get promoted and one day maybe finish school. And promotion we think of when we think of school, we think of that with Sunday school. I know when I was a little child, the church we attended, they had what they called Promotion Sunday. How many ever had something like that? There you go, Promotion Sunday. And normally it was for bigger churches, maybe a classroom for every age. It was a big deal come September when you were promoted to the next class. I'm just trying to drive home this word promotion. Sometimes we think of that word promotion in a job. 
And so you might have a job and, and you do your job and you like your job, but maybe your interest is one day to be promoted to something higher. So we use it in education. Certainly we would use it at the work site. It's also a word that would be fitting in ministry, in, in a church. And I know that we have many ministries in this church and maybe in a ministry, you're a helper, very important, but you're in a helper capacity. And one day you long to be promoted, maybe to be in charge of, that's this word promotion. So we're gonna look here again this evening at the principle of being promoted. Now, uh, if you would, most or at least half of the Psalms, how many Psalms are in Psalms? 150, about half of those were written by David. The sweet psalmist David, but not this one. Look there at the little heading. Some of you have a little bit of a heading there. Psalm chapter 75. Some of you will have this in uh, your heading. To the chief musician Al-Tashif, a psalm or song of Asaph. How many have something like that written in your Bible? Pastor, I know who David is, but who is Asaph? Well, we might as well cover that ground while we're here Keep your hand there in Psalm 75. Would you turn over to 1 Chronicles? So that's earlier in the Bible, closer to the front. You'll find 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, and then 1 and 2 Chronicles. Look there in 1 Chronicles chapter 15. Pastor, I recognize David, but I don't recognize this name Asaph. Who is it that wrote Psalm chapter 75? Who is this? Well, First Chronicles chapter 15, look there in verse 16. And David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be singers with instruments of music, psalteries and harps and cymbals sounding by lifting up the voice with joy, verse 17. So the Levites appointed, here's the first man, He-Man, the son of Joel, and of his brethren Asaph, that's the name we're after, the son of Berechiah, and of the sons of Merari, their brethren, Ethan. Notice the three names. You've got Heman, you've got Asaph, and you've got Ethan. Those three names are names of uh, three main families of singers in the house of God. Of course, in David's time, it was still the tabernacle. Once it became Solomon, and Solomon built the temple those three names were in charge of the three families of singers that sang, look at verse 19. So the singers, Heman, Asaph, and Ethan, were appointed to sound with cymbals of brass. So this chapter was not written by David, not written by a king, not written by a, a general, not written by anybody like that, but written by a singer. Somebody whose family was very involved in the singing at the house of God. While you're still in First Chronicles, look there in chapter 6. First Chronicles chapter number 6. So uh, you say, well, preacher, I'm not a preacher. So I guess I could never successfully write things or... No, that's not true at all. You don't have to be a preacher in order to accomplish some great things for God. This man wrote a number of chapters... In fact, if I've got it right, this man Asaph wrote 11 of the Psalms, or 12, and he was a singer. You're there in 1 Chronicles chapter 6, look in verse number 33. Again, it gives us these three names. 
And these are they that waited with the children of, uh, sorry, with their children of the sons of the Kohathites, Heman. That's the first one. Look there, if you would, in verse number 39. And of his brother Asaph. One more time, verse number 44. And their brethren, the sons of Merari, stood on the left hand, Ethan. So, again, all those three names were families in the house of God that contributed greatly to singing to music. Thank God for so many people in our church that contribute to music, to instruments, to singing. Not all of us can, but thank God for you that can. Having said that, back to Psalm chapter 75. Psalm chapter 75, look again at verse number 6. It talks about for promotion. So we're going to look at this principle of being promoted. Wherever you're at, I trust that it's not your plan to stay there. I trust that you want to do better at what you're doing, that you want to go further at what you're doing, be it in the secular world, or be it in the spiritual, or, Pastor, that is my desire. I don't want to die a bump on a log. How can I be promoted? How, how, can, how can I be raised higher? How could I be more effective? That's this principle. Let's start here in Psalm 75 again. There in verse number 6, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Now, that's three directions on a compass. Which one did they leave out? The north. See, so we would expect that north would have been in verse 6. If it's not, if surely it'll be in verse 7. Notice, instead of the north, it says, but God. In other words, this Asaph is saying, you're not going to get promoted from there. And you're not going to get promoted from there. And you're not going to get promoted from there. You're going to get promoted from there. You're going to get promoted from God. If you're taking notes tonight, our promotion is legislated by God. Our promotion is legislated by God. Asaph is saying here, it's not ultimately in the hands of people. Whether you or I are promoted, it's ultimately in the hands of God. Now, if you ask the average person in this world, how do you get a promotion? Well, if they have a secular mind, which most do, they would say something like, well, you have to charm your way into the lives of wealthy people. Or you have to smile your way into the lives of elite people. They would probably say you have to be willing to do anything. You have to be willing to be anything. You have to be willing to say anything. You would have to be willing to sacrifice anything to get ahead. That's how this world thinks you'd be promoted. They'll say, you know what, you might have to run over some smaller people. You might have to stand on top of some people to get a little bit higher. And then maybe with a little bit of luck, if you're at the right place at the right time, then you'll be promoted. That is the philosophy of this world. Be willing to do anything, say anything. Many, many years ago, I read the testimony. It must have been a magazine. Maybe it was a magazine. What's a magazine? Uh, maybe it was in a magazine in a doctor's office. And it was really an interview of an ex Hollywood actor. 
and, and we're not promoting Hollywood. I, I'm giving you good reason not to. This ex-Hollywood actor explained why she got out of Hollywood. Because she said to be promoted in that whole movie industry, you had to be willing to do anything and say anything and climb into bed with anyone that is somebody that has no scruples. Now, if you are willing to do that, this world says that's how to get promoted. Look at the text again. It says, for promotion, verse 6, for promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south but uh, God. God is the one that ultimately is going to promote you and uh, if, if, you're not, uh, if you're not following the mindset of this world, they don't think you can ever get promoted. You know, the word promotion is actually found 12 times in the Bible. And the very first time, first three times, actually, we find it is Balaam. Balaam was a false prophet, Numbers 22, 23, 24. And the king of Moab, his name was Balak. Balak had noticed this nation of Israel as they were wandering their 40 years and every country that they came against, they defeated it. And Balak started making some calculations and he said, we're in trouble because we are directly in the path that Israel is coming. We have to stop them somehow. And he, he made an offer to a prophet named Balaam. And he said, Balaam, if you would please come and if you would curse this people, then I will make you a rich man. And he says, I will promote you. That's the very first time that we find promote. And he said it a second time, again in Numbers 22. Said it a third time in Numbers 24. I say to you, if you and I believe the Bible, and we sure better, promotion comes from God. Promotion comes from God. Again, our promotion is legislated by God. Do you know a Bible example that explains that is Joseph. Remember Joseph in the Old Testament. We know that even when he was 17, his older brothers sold him to be a slave into Egypt. And for the next 14 years, he was lied about and framed and cast into prison. And all of it was totally unfair. But because Joseph did not get angry and didn't get bitter and didn't get upset with God, God arranged to promote Joseph's position. We know that Pharaoh had a dream. And Pharaoh ultimately called in Joseph to interpret the dream. And all of that is how God promoted Joseph. And I say to you, whatever situation is happening in your life right now, you need to understand you've got to stay in tune with God. Regardless of what people think and what people say, you have to stay in tune with God. And we know that uh, when that father finally died, Jacob, the father of the 12 sons, those other sons were very worried. They said, Joseph, you're probably going to get even with me. And he said, no. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. 
I give you a second thing. Look there in 1 Peter 5. We're trying to learn about the principle of promotion. So are you convinced? It's not what people promise you. It's what God does in your life. That's the promotion. 1 Peter 5, right uh, close to the end of the Bible. 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 6. 1 Peter 5 and verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So we've already established the fact that uh, our promotion is legislated by God. When God decides he's going to promote you, there is no one in this world can stop that from happening. And when God decides it's not time to promote you, it doesn't matter what this world promises, it'll all fail. So we've already established the fact that our promotion is legislated by God. But the second thing we find here in 1 Peter 5, verse 6, is what we're supposed to do while we wait for God to promote us. Look again at verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. You know what he says? Just stay humble. Don't try to push the envelope of promotion. Wait for God's timing to promote you. I've said this before when, uh, when I was just a young man and, and God was telling me. I'm not saying God's telling you. God was telling me to go to Bible college. I said, Lord, I don't need Bible college. I'm ready for the ministry. I said, no, you're not. So I went off to a Bible college, graduated in 1983, and I thought, now I'm ready. Because after all, I have this magic piece of paper called a diploma. I'm ready. God didn't open anything up. And I remember some of the fellow graduates, uh, we'd asked one, we said, what are you going to do? And he said, well, I'm going, I've got a ministry. I've invited to be a youth pastor down in Pensacola. No, it was in Jacksonville, Florida. Others already knew exactly where they were going, but when they asked Carlson, where are you going? I said, no idea. I don't know. I said, preacher, what did you do? I just went back to my home church. That's all I knew I better do. And I was faithful at that home church for seven years. I didn't say seven days. I didn't say seven weeks or seven months. Seven years. Just try to stay faithful. Try to stay humble. Look at the rest of that verse, 1 Peter 5, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. That's his time. Just stay faithful. Just stay humble. Just wait on God. You know, uh, if you're absolutely convinced that God is the one that promotes in God's way, in God's time, then you will keep yourself humble on his path. But if you're thinking that it's people that promote you, then you will be looking to find every angle to get in good with people. But I say, secondly, our promotion must be left in the hands of God. Our promotion must be left in the hands of God. Pastor, how do you feel during those seven years? I felt like a loser. Lord, I graduated from Bible college for what? Like I'm supposed to be doing what? And I'll tell you what, I, I had people that, I don't know whose side they were on. I heard you went to school. I did. Well, didn't you graduate? Yeah, I did. You probably didn't graduate very well. I did, top of the class. I said, what are you doing? 
working a job, staying faithful in my church. I was a treasurer. I was a song leader. I was all kinds of stuff. They didn't make you nervous. Not if I knew that God will promote in his time. Maybe you have a ministry right now. And you're saying, Lord, by now it should be twice as big in God's time. Maybe you want to get into a ministry. Why hasn't it happened yet? In God's time. So we have seen so far tonight, we have seen our promotion is legislated by God. And we have seen our promotion must be left in the hands of God. And wonder if you learned yet that we have to trust the timing of God, not the promises of people. At the end of the day, it's not people who are going to open and close doors for you, it's God. And it's not up to people, it's up to God. He can open it, and when he does, no one will be able to shut it. Isn't it true that David was anointed by Samuel to be the next king? That is 1 Samuel 16. And if we can figure, if my figure is working, David was 22 years old when he was anointed to be the next king. He didn't become a king until he was 30. That means he had to wait eight years and that whole time, but God, you've anointed me to be the king. You have told me I'd be the king. It's in God's time. It's always done in God's time. And so David waited, and David waited, and while he's waiting, he's running from King Saul, and Saul is trying to kill him. I, I think this is important for you to see. Keep your eye on First Peter. Look there in First Samuel, if you would, chapter 24. First Samuel, chapter 24. Now, while David is waiting to become the next king. Who is the king while well, he's waiting? So would you agree with this? Careful now. Would you agree that Saul is the only one that's standing in the way of David becoming king? Some of you are so nervous you wouldn't vote. You wouldn't scratch your nose. Saul was not the biggest hindrance to David becoming king. God's timing was David's hindrance. The world would say, David, if you'll just knock Saul off, kill him, then you're king. Do you know that David clearly had two opportunities to kill Saul? And he didn't take either one. He said, that's God's business. If somebody is standing in your way of being promoted, the answer is not to knock them off <laughs> because they are not what's preventing your promotion. It's God's timing that's preventing your promotion. You just have to wait. Say, well, what's he waiting for? God was training David some things that he didn't even know that he had to learn. And it's a good thing David didn't get mad at God. And so if you're a say, preacher, I, I really thought I'd be farther along in life. I thought I would have $3 million by now and only have two. And Pastor, what's going on? I, I say to you, if you recognize the fact that our promotion is legislated by God, then you have to understand also that our promotion must be left in the hands of God. I had you turn to 1 Samuel 24. Look there in verse number 4. 
1 Samuel 24 and verse 4, And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thy enemy into thy hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him, because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed to stretch forth my hand against him, seeing that uh, sorry, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words, and suffer them not to rise against Saul. Again, David had two chances to knock off Saul. Saul was not the biggest hindrance. It was the timing of God. I give you a third thing. We've already seen one, our promotion is legislated by God. Two, our promotion must be left in the hands of God. Look third, if you would, Levitic, uh, sorry, Luke 16, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, then Luke. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Well, preacher, I'll just tell you what, if that man wasn't here, I could get a spot. If that woman wasn't there, I could get her spot. David said, I dare not. That's God. We're going to let God do that. If God does it, and my hands weren't dirtied with that, no one can ever point at me with guilt. I give you a third thing about this principle of promotion. Luke chapter 16, look there in verse number 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in least is unjust also in much. Okay, Pastor, if it's God that's promoting, and if God will do it in his time, and I just have to humbly wait, is there anything else I have to do? Yes, everything that you put your hands to, do it the very best. Again, verse number 10, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. If you won't put your heart into the little thing, why would you ever think that God would give you a bigger thing? We all have children or have had children. We test them with a little task, a little thing of obedience. And how they do there, God allows us to give them more responsibility. God works like that. You know, the third thing, if you'd write this down about the principle of promotion, our promotion hinges on faithfulness at little tasks. Our promotion hinges on faithfulness at little tasks. Say, preacher, I'm waiting for God to open up my dream subject in school. <laughs> well, you better be faithful at all the rest of the subjects while you wait for the preacher I'm I'm waiting for God to open up my dream job well you better be faithful at every job that you're given because that's either gonna open a door or slam a door the your promotion hinges on faithfulness at little tasks preacher I'm waiting for God to open up my dream ministry then I'll show people what I can do you better show folks what you can do with a little task. 
Pastor, I'm waiting for God to open up my dream calling. You know, idle people aren't usually ones to get promoted. Lazy people aren't usually the ones to get promoted. It's those whose hands are busy. Think about this. Saul. What was Saul doing when Samuel came to anoint him? He was searching for his father's lost animals. He was busy. What was David doing when Samuel came to anoint him to be the next king? He was tending his father's sheep. What was Moses doing when he saw the burning bush and God called him? He too was tending his father's sheep. What was Elisha doing when Elijah walked by Elisha? He was plowing his father's ground. What was Peter, James, and John doing when Jesus said, Follow me and I'll make thee fishers of men? They were fishing and they were busy cleaning their nets. Pastor, I'm looking for God to promote me. Then what are you doing right now while you wait? What are you busy with right now? What tasks have your name on it? Oh, I just, I, 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 you know, my heart wouldn't be in it, Pastor. I'm waiting for God to give me my... God is testing you right now with the little tasks. Are you faithful with the little tasks? I read of a young man who, when he was in elementary school, he thought that you graduate to the next year according to whether the teacher likes you or doesn't like you on the last day of class. <laughs> I don't know where he'd ever get that idea. So he was just a troublemaker times 10 until the last day of class. It was so out of character for him, but he sat still in his chair. He smiled. Hair was combed. Shirt was buttoned properly. Shoelaces tied. And he was sure if he could make that teacher smile the last day. And that teacher caught on to his poor thinking. The teacher explained to them, it wasn't how you acted on the last day. It's how you act on all the days leading up to the last day. And this person, once a student now much older, said, I learned a lot that day. Preacher, I'd like God to promote me. Well, our promotion hinges on faithfulness at little tasks. I give you this last one. Look there in Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter number 6. Pastor, what does the Bible tell us about the principle of promotion? Our promotion is legislated by God. Secondly, our promotion must be left in the hands of God. You have to let him decide the time. Third, our promotion hinges on our faithfulness at little tasks. While you wait for the big call, are you faithful at the little things? Finally, Luke chapter 6, look there in verse number 12. Luke 6 and verse 12, And it came to pass in those days that he, Jesus, went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. So Jesus prayed the entire night. Look at what he did the very next day, verse 13. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve. We often talk about the twelve apostles. Sometimes we interchange the name apostle with disciple. Jesus had many disciples. And here he invited a crowd of his disciples, of his followers, to come because he wanted to talk to them. 
So sure enough, he gathers around him many of his disciples. And then he begins to look over that crowd. And I'm sure maybe some of the outspoken ones, like Peter. Lord, what you doing? Well, out of all of you, I'm going to pick 12. And I'm going to call you 12 my apostles. And as he looked over that crowd, I wonder if some didn't kind of raise up on their toes just to be a little bit taller. Oh, Pastor, where do you get that from? I guess from my own heart. <laughs> and, and they're hoping that Jesus sees them. He could only pick 12. Do you know the names of the 12 are in the next verses there, verse number 14? Simon, whom he also uh, named Peter and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew. So we get all the names of the ones that were picked in verse 14, 15, and 16. You know what names were not given? the ones that weren't picked. If 12 were picked, maybe there was another 30 that weren't picked, maybe another 40 or 50. When the 12 were picked to be his apostles, sent ones, how do you suppose those other 50 felt like? I wonder if some didn't say, well, what's the point? What's the point of continuing to follow Christ? Why bother? He's now picked his favorites. I missed the cut. I think that the devil was whispering into some of their ears, there's no point in giving your best anymore. How many of you have a date on the top of Luke chapter 6, verse 12? Anyone have a date? Luke 6, 12. 31, is that right? Okay, now turn over to John chapter 6. I know not all Bibles have dates on the top, that's why I ask it. So 31 AD is when Jesus picked his 12. Now look there at John chapter 6 and verse 66. John 6 and verse 66, Jesus had just preached a very difficult message. Verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Anyone got a date on the top of uh, John 6, 66? 32. One year has now passed since Jesus picked his 12. Maybe when the 12 were picked, there were some left in that crowd that weren't picked. That said, why try so hard? Why bother? He's already picked his 12. Uh, it's a done deal. Now a year passes, and Jesus now, into his next year of ministry, preaches a very pointed, a very difficult message. That verse 66 says, from that time, many of his disciples walked. In other words, some of his disciples turned. Who's left? Who's left? Why keep trying? Why keep pressing on? I'll tell you why. Because promotion doesn't always, sometimes it doesn't happen as quick as you thought. Let me give you the title so you can write this down. 
our promotion may take longer than we imagined. Our promotion may take longer than we imagined. We know that Jesus' public ministry was three and a half years. Finally, when our Lord was nailed to the cross, it looked like it was all over. Goodness, if you weren't picked to be one of the twelve in Luke 6, and if you didn't walk away from Christ after a hard message, John 6, well, surely when Christ is nailed to the cross, forget it, just throw it in. This was a bad choice. I wonder how many in the process of being disappointed, coming to the conclusion, I'll never be promoted. Look at Acts 1, and I'll try to pull this together in just a couple minutes. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter number 1, Jesus has ascended from the grave, and uh, he walked on this earth for 40 days. Acts chapter number 1, Peter stands up, and he stands up with the followers. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the number of names together were about 120. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained part of this ministry. Now this man, that's Judas, purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. We know that's what happened to Judas. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch that the field uh, is called in their proper tongue as Seldomah. That is today the field of blood. Now stick closely, verse 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his, that's Judas, it's from Psalm 109, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Judas betrays Christ. He goes out and hangs himself. Peter stands up and says, the scripture says that somebody else has to fill that void. Somebody else. There's a chance to get into the 12. Well, I thought all the chances were filled in Luke 6. And surely when Christ was crucified, it looked like it was all done. You mean there's still a chance to get into the 12? Peter gives the qualifications for who's going to fill Judas' spot. Look there in verse 21. Wherefore of these men, which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John, Unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection? Oh, do you, I, I don't know. I mean, you know what Peter said? We're not going to fill Judas's vacancy with just anybody. We're going to fill Judas' vacancy with a disciple that has been faithful since John the Baptist baptized all the way until the ascension of Christ, we're going to pick somebody that didn't quit in those three and a half years, but they have stayed faithful and stuck with the stuff. And you know, with those credentials, they only had two. 
that fit that? Look at the next verse, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 23, and they appointed two, Joseph called Bersabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. Now, here, here's what I'm trying to say. You say, well, these two guys probably hoped that they would be picked in Luke 6, and they weren't. They were overlooked. They didn't make the cut, but they didn't get angry. They didn't get upset. They didn't quit. They didn't stop. They said, Lord, it's still right to do the right thing, and I'm not going to stop because I didn't get the promotion like I thought. I'm going to be faithful, and they were faithful from Luke chapter 6 when John 6, 66 says, Many of the disciples walked no more. They saw so many leave. But these two guys say, We're not leaving. We're staying faithful. And I wonder if there wasn't somebody to say, Why? The 12 have already been picked because it's right to do right. Because if everybody else gives up, it's still right to do right. And here in Acts chapter 1, when Peter says it has to be somebody that's faithful all the way from there, all the way to the ascension, these two guys look around and say, well, no, I remember when he started following the Lord. And, yeah, I remember when he started following the Lord. And I fit that description. There were two names. Look at the last verse of Acts chapter 1. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot was fell upon Matthias. And he was numbered with the eleven apostles. <laughs> I'm going to read into his mind just for a moment. Yes. I'm one of the twelve. I hope to be one of the twelve back in Luke 6. I guess sometimes promotion takes a whole lot longer than we thought. I'm just that glad I stayed faithful when others bowed up. I'm just glad I stayed faithful when others quit, when others justified why they did what they did. Yes. God's in the business of promoting. It's only God that promotes. If it's only God that promotes, then you have to leave your promotion in his hands. While you wait, stay humble. While you wait, stay busy. You know, you don't have, you don't have to be the best to be promoted. You just have to do your best. That's all you have to do. Say, well, so-and-so can play better than me, and so-and-so can sing better than me, and so-and-so can preach better than me, and so-and-so can talk to folks better than me. You don't have to be the best to be promoted. You just have to do your best. I read this true story. I'm done with this. <laughs> Kathy Rigby was part of the U.S. women's gymnastic team in 1972 in Munich. She had only one goal in mind, and that was to win the gold medal. She had trained hard for a long period of time. On the day that she was scheduled to perform, she prayed that God would give her the strength and the control to get through a routine without making mistakes. 
She was tense with determination not to let herself and her country down. She performed well, but when it was all over and the winners were announced, her name was not among the winners. Kathy Rigby was crushed. Afterwards, she joined her parents in the stands, and they are all set to have a good cry. <laughs> and as she sat down, she could barely manage to say, I'm sorry, to her parents, I did my best. And her mother, mother has always come through at a time like that, she said, you know that, and I know that. And I'm sure that God knows that too. Then her mother said 10 words that Kathy Rigby never forgot. Doing your best is more important than being the best. You don't have to be the best for God to promote you. You just have to do your best and watch in God's time for him to promote you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the text. Promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God. God sets people up, and God puts people down. Help us to remember, Lord, that promotion is legislated by God, and if that's true, and it is, and we just need to leave it up to God. While we wait, may we be humble. While we wait, may we be busy with even the smallest of tasks. While we wait, may we recognize sometimes promotion takes a lot longer than we ever thought. Help us to do our best. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.